0: And welcome to the Riverdale Recap Podcast. Today, we will be talking about the 12th episode of Riverdale Season 4, Men of Honor. I'm Mary Kwiatkowski, and I am joined, as always, by my tickle queen, Kirsten McInnes. Kirsten, how much did you hate that? I'm leaving. I'm
1: walking off the podcast to find a new co-host.
0: I would like someone to give me a running tally of how many times Kirsten has said that she's leaving the podcast. I have got to go immediately. That reminds me, I was listening to Kirsten over on the Real Weird Sisters podcast Earlier today, doing circle coverage, and I... Well, okay, circle coverage is way too generous. Circle <laughs> circle, sor- yeah. Harry Potter sorting hat. And she also threatened
1: to leave that podcast. So this is just the thing she does. <laughs> I... Um, there's a Taylor Swift song from her most recent album where she has a line of, maybe I've stormed out of every single room in this town. And I aspire to that. But for podcasts. I don't know if I've ever stormed out of a room. I wish I had, though. I have certainly stormed out of rooms when I get just like so mad that it can't be contained in my body anymore. I just turn and walk away and I do everything dramatically. So it becomes a storm out. And it's uh, simply who I am. And if people have a problem with that, then they should should have more boring friends <laughs>
0: fair <laughs> enough all right so we're just gonna dive in this week to this episode uh, because
1: do we have to is there anything else we could talk about besides this episode of riverdale anything um did you watch the super bowl i got nothing no, i got I nothing didn't. i was watching bojack yeah i was editing a
0: podcast and glancing oh up occasionally <laughs> when the commercials <laughs> happened oh anyway
1: oh no i'm sorry okay so are you have you been following the bachelor what about that i watched the premiere and then i've been letting Amy and Haley uh, that was, fill me in. That
0: was me last season. I'm actually trying to watch it this season.
1: The only scene I've seen since then was the one that Matt Lagori tweeted out tagging me in last night. Yep. Uh, of the girl being like, I'm not going to let some little blonde girl from Canada stop me.
0: Yes, that's a good and one. And I,
1: I hope people, I mean, I don't think I'm a little girl, but I'll, I'll take it as a compliment, I guess.
0: Well, it's just the classic thing you get in The Bachelor of like a 24-year-old telling a 22-year-old that she's so young and immature. Her, and I'm like, Hun, you're 20, you're also oh,
1: her, her age. Stop. This is mm-hmm. no. I wonder what, because I feel like now at 27, I could tell a 24-year-old that they're so young.
0: I'm 25, and I feel like I could tell a 24-year-old. I think it's once you hit that (laughs) mid-20s that you feel like
1: an old person.
0: I was going to say, I feel like I could tell you that you're so young. Well, I am as well. I'm okay with that. I respect my elders.
1: Yeah. We're all just babies, okay? I'm also a baby. I'm just an older baby than you.
0: Anyway, okay, we successfully wasted two more minutes, but now we're going to jump into this podcast.
1: This was okay. This, you I just said pulled this. a Sammy when someone tries to flirt with her. Uh, that's who I am as a person. It's fine. So here's the thing. I have said many times that an episode of Riverdale felt like a fever dream. And I'm here to say I'm back, baby. <laughs>
0: that was a fever dream. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's because I watched it in like two chunks that I didn't think it was as bad, but it did it did make me annoyed several times. No,
1: this was one of the most insane episodes of television we've
0: seen okay well so the Jughead voiceover is exactly one sentence so I'm just gonna read that real quick honor it's a word that gets thrown around a lot at Stonewall prep that's it so add that to the list of sentences in Jughead's quote-unquote book that don't make any sense and are terrible hey do we think Uh -uh. that all of these voiceovers since he got the contract are at the beginning of or like the Baxter Brothers book now or is he still writing some kind of other life-based novel
1: I think it might just be his internal monologue and we we didn't know all along. It's just very strange to me that the whole thing is happening. I, I don't think we're starting with Jughead today, but I just want to get that out of the way at the at the No, the, jug, the
0: Jughead stuff makes the least amount of sense out of all of this. And that includes Archie's rampaging
1: no, guy. It does not make less sense than the mercenary. <laughs> there, there was, okay, we're going to get to it. But when they were explaining
0: the whole mercenary situation, I paused the video and I was like, okay, I didn't take any of that in. Should I go back and re-listen to it and figure out exactly what they're saying? And then I decided, nah, I'll I'll just go with it. So anyway, we're gonna start with Veronica though, just because her plot, it was very separate. It was so separate. This is one of the most separate plots. Part of it is because she literally went to a different place. But even when Archie ran away, part of the time he was with Jughead and then part of the time when he was, you know, in the hinterlands that don't exist, he was still having hallucinations about his friends and family. Besides Veronica one time mentioning Archie's name, this could have been a different show. Which was totally the point of this whole scene. What? I know. Oh Shocker. my God. Right. So Veronica tells her parents that she's going to New York City with Smithers tomorrow to interview for Barnard. Is that how we pronounce it? I think that's what they were saying. Yeah. Barnard College. Uh, I looked it up. It's a real women's liberal arts college in Manhattan. So I don't understand why we've been able to say Yale and Harvard and Barnard. But we had to make up Sarah Florence.
1: Uh, because Sarah Florence is hilarious. <laughs> okay. So uh, this is when I asked, are Archie and
0: Veronica still dating? Because we haven't seen them together since Thanksgiving. Turns out and they are. We find that yes, out later.
1: They, they are together. I don't even know yeah, her what parents, the situation is. Her
0: parents say that they're also gonna go. Why is she having to inform her parents that she's leaving? I don't know. I thought she moved out of the house and I thought she emancipated herself or did she just no, change her last
1: name? She just changed her name. She never actually emancipated. I don't think. Maybe she did and if so don't tell me I don't care but yeah so she has to tell them where she's going and be accountable to them and honestly she still has her mom's credit card so obviously the relationship is not as strained as we've maybe been led to believe. The last thing is that she tells her parents okay it's fine if you have to come here for business stuff too
0: but don't talk to me. Remember New York is my town. Like you're a kid who used to live there with your parents. How is this place anymore your town? Oh that was the most
1: childish thing i've ever heard her say ever i gotta admit i didn't catch that and i'm glad that i didn't because i might have turned the episode off it was really bad so she goes
0: and meets up with katie keen which in case you've been living under a rock katie Keene is the
1: other cw show that's coming out as we are recording this i think <laughs> Yeah, I think so. One thing I did really notice about this is they put Veronica back in like old Veronica clothes, like her that purple jacket with the all purple outfit, the whole monochrome thing. Very Veronica season one. Yes, there was a lot of that. Also, they go
0: to Lacey's, which I think we've mentioned before. I mean, that has to be Macy's. It's Macy's. Yeah, it's Macy's. So her and katie look exactly the same i like i understand that these are different actresses but they just have the same look
1: to them They, i mean they're in the same like subtype but i don't think they look exactly the same i, I think it's like the short
0: very dark hair dark eyebrows bold lipstick like they just have a similar look to them like there's a reason the show is not about veronica and katie keen and instead archie comics were about veronica and betty who are and look very different like
1: it's... well i mean the whole thing with betty and veronica they have the exact same face they just have different colored hair True. but so uh,
0: do katie like do you know anything about katie keen from the comics like what I, is her tie into the universe i know that she has comic books and i know that there is a tie-in but i don't know what it is
1: i literally know nothing about katie Keene, and i'm not looking into it until i actually watch it but i think like the main difference between like what katie looks like and what veronica looks like is like lucy hale has just like wide innocent eyes no matter what she's in she always looks younger than than she is, always looks like maybe a bit of an ingenue. Whereas I feel like, um, what's her name? Camilla okay. Mendez. Cam- okay, I was gonna say Camilla Mendez, and then I was like, am I thinking of someone else? No, nope, that's her. Whereas Camilla Mendez looks like more knowing, and I yeah. think it's the shape of their eyes that makes them different. And other than that, they do look like, pretty similar. I also feel like Lucy Hale can do bangs better. Probably. I don't know if
0: we've seen Camilla Mendez and Bangs. I mean, we've seen her in Monica Posh. Does Monica Posh have bangs?
1: I don't remember. I mean, nothing about Monica Posh is good so it doesn't even matter if there are bangs there they're not the right ones for her Um, and they're not because remember that wig has a janky hairline true Um, so they shop which would be much more of an
0: impressive little montage of Veronica getting new clothes if everything she tried on didn't look like something she already owns.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so here's the thing, though. I kind of loved that because A, the clothes were all fabulous. And B, it kind of made me think, like, did Katie pick out all of Veronica's clothes? Maybe. Like, did, has she always dressed her? Because I feel like that's kind of a cute little Easter egg.
0: And I think we've decided officially that this Katie is the same Katie that Veronica mentioned back in season one when she said, when my, my friend made Katie. One,
1: drink the gutter water. Puddle water. It was puddle water. Or was it I'm gutter say, water?
0: No, I don't remember. I feel like you I'm always messed sure it up.
1: Gutter, I feel like it's gutter water. I you, feel like we got it right this time. You've always messed it up, so I just assume that it's not The other correct. thing? That yeah, I, other don't thing. I don't know. Whatever. It's the same damn thing anyways. But yeah, so it's definitely the same one. Um, They do a little shopping. They are like actually making the purchase, and Veronica's like, oh sad. No, Katie's like, oh, I'm sad for this to end. And Veronica's like, we could just give her bags to smithers and keep hanging out. And then Katie Keene presumably takes Veronica to a gay bar to watch a drag show. And I'm very upset that we didn't get to see that on the show. Yeah, I really
0: thought we were going to, but we cut to commercial. And by the time we went back to them, they were just sitting at a bar by themselves. Camilla Mendes had a really funny snot, snarky at Riverdale Instagram story the other day of just that shot of her and Lucy Hale sitting at the bar saying
1: like, adolescence, adolescence a bar just some teen fun. Which Just some regular teens <laughs> in a, a uh, dive bar just like all you teens do.
0: Yeah it was pretty funny.
1: It's so bad. I know. I um, but yeah that. so the bar is called Molly's Crisis which I looked up and is not a thing. Okay
0: yeah there were a couple like restaurant names that were mentioned in this that I looked up and they weren't real places but they also weren't obviously fake places, so I'm not really sure on that one. Yeah, I don't know. Katie and Veronica are at the bar, and they're talking about Archie. Veronica's like, oh, I don't think Archie's gonna move. Like, we're probably gonna do long distance because Riverdale would die without him or whatever.
1: I mean, what has Archie done to save Riverdale? All Archie's done is cause problems.
0: Yeah, he's got- he got rid of that one guy who was mean. Besides that, I will continue to say most of the big mysteries have been solved by a combination of Betty and Jughead, so... Yeah, yes. I'm just
1: hoping that Archie uh, graduates and goes up to the hinterlands again.
0: Yeah, that'd be nice. Um, She also mentions that Betty's her best friend, which I say I do not believe because you guys have not spent a scene together in many, many they episodes. Haven't,
1: they haven't been in the same room more than once this season, I would say.
0: Yeah, I mean, there was that really weird scene when they all had sex in the same room back in episode one.
1: And I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to make a bold stance. That doesn't count as socialization. <laughs> Fair.
0: She says that her best friend, Betty, and her boyfriend, Jughead, are doing the long distance thing. No, nope. I also would like to discount this. Being an hour apart and going to different schools is not doing the long distance like, thing.
1: Like, you could be in the same city and do that. Yes. I, like,
0: I, I'm I'm sorry to anyone who maybe is at a different school than their significant other, and they can only see each other on weekends, but I would just like to say, if you can drive somewhere and see someone and then drive back in the same day. You are not long distance.
1: Veronica calling that long distance when she lived in New York, where it's like, if you live in a different borough than someone that counts as long distance, that could be part of the problem. But like,
0: yeah, I just think there's like a time moment and I'm not sure what it is. Maybe it's a two hour car ride. But like, that's I I have done actual long distance. And that's like when you can't you see someone like twice a year. So I'm sorry.
1: That's I don't I. I've never done long distance longer than like f- three months, so. Okay. Well, I, I did can't. it for four years, so it was rough. Anyway. Yeah, that sounds horrible. I wouldn't advise that for anybody. I wouldn't either.
0: I mean, I'm not I'm not an anti-long distance person. I think that long distance can work just depending on how good your communication is and what your stage in life is, but. Yeah, I feel
1: like at the point that we're at, there has to be like an end in sight. Right. Or, it, or it's like just a temporary thing. I feel like it doesn't uh, work if you're like, yeah, uh, I'm always going to live here and you're always going to live there and we'll just uh, see each other when we can. Yeah, uh, It just doesn't But I would it. like
0: to kind of squash this idea especially in TV shows where it's like oh well we could try the long distance thing for college but we all know that's going to fail. It's actually not going to fail if you guys just remain committed in your relationship. It's only going to fail if you start trying to date other people while you're still in that relationship. So that's kind of my stance. Do we think that this was a hint at all to what we might be seeing next season?
1: Ugh, I didn't even consider that? Oh, oh
0: I definitely no. did. I feel like oh. next season, 100%, we have two options. It's either going to be the first several episodes, maybe up to a half a season. Everybody's in different places at their different colleges. Jughead's dead. No, he's not, but he'll be around somewhere. Archie will be in Riverdale. Veronica will be at college in New York. Maybe we'll get more Katie Keen. Who knows? Who cares? Then, by the halfway point or after several episodes, they're all going to be back together. And either that means we've skipped time and they're now graduated or, I don't know, crisis happens it's winter break and they're all together it doesn't really matter but i don't think we're doing like a whole season of them at separate places
1: although Mm. (laughs) to be fair yeah they go to the same high school now and and they're uh... in
0: in completely different plot lines so it doesn't really matter anyway so then we get like a couple weird moments about like katie keen's boyfriend that don't really seem to matter i like i don't know if this is just trying to get us interested in katie keen or what
1: yeah i think it's just supposed to make us like feel a little bit invested in the character to make the people who watched Riverdale on Wednesday turn on Katie Keene on Thursday. And uh, guess what? It didn't work on me. I'm still going to watch it only because of this podcast, which is just put that on the list of reasons why I should have said no when you asked me to do this well <laughs> year and a half ago. But, like for all we talk about how ridiculous
0: Riverdale is, that's kind of the good part too, is that it is a ridiculous show. Like it's it's so insane that there's a lot to talk about. With Katie Keene, I mean, I'm sure that it's going to be like ridiculous in terms terms of the characters and stuff but it's been a pretty known fact when Riverdale was coming out that when the Guy was pitching the pilot he had written the script and when he was pitching it everyone was like mm, this is okay but it needs a murder and so he just like threw a murder in there and that's the kind of like that's the reason why Riverdale became a show and why the first season was so good was it was like here it's based off of these comic book characters that you know and love but we're gonna make it also not just the teen drama but dark and stuff like that which was like not the original point. With Katie Keene, as far as I can tell, it's just a girl living in New York City making fashion.
1: They're, I mean, they're definitely going to add some sort of crime element because that's what the showrunner does. I'm sorry. It's just what they do. I am not expecting it to be just like a fluff drama. There's going to be something more to it. Just like how in Sabrina, there's insane things happening that I don't want to spoil for you guys. It's going to be insane. These people have no dignity. I was perusing my Netflix suggestions
0: the other day and I was reminded that I should probably watch Sabrina at some point.
1: I like it a lot. It's a good show. And uh, the fact that you haven't watched it is uh, pretty uh, disappointing because there's some really uh, cool stuff. I just
0: am a little bit afraid of getting nightmares because that's the kind of person I am. I watched Parasite the other night and I had nightmares and like that's not a scary movie. There's not, there's not really anything
1: scary in it. Sabrina isn't scary. Like there's some hell and stuff and like demons and stuff. Okay. But it's not like scary. Alright,
0: well as long as I won't be too scary. It, then I'll probably I don't. I it. don't
1: think you'll be too scared. Okay. Have you seen the movie The Craft? No. Okay, because that's <laughs> not a scary movie at all. But I have one friend who's really scared of that movie. So I use that movie now as my gauge of if people are babies or not. Okay, well, I haven't seen that, so I don't know. Well, add that to your homework. Okay. And wa- watch The Craft. Tell me if you think it's scary, and I'll tell you if you should watch Sabrina. Sabrina's not scary. Okay, fair. All right, so Katie's mom
0: is really sick, which I think is also going to be part of the show where I think she takes over her mom's like dress business in Katie Keene. I think Katie Key is set a little bit in
1: the future. Yeah, I Like I think it's past no, Riverdale. I don't know. I have no concept of that, but what I do have a concept of is shows love throwing in a dead mom to tug get your heartstrings and I'm not okay with it. Yeah, it's it's rough and Like not that necessary. shouldn't be a plot device. Nope, should. So, Hermione
0: talks with Veronica, they're magically all back home again. We yes. stop seeing Veronica approximately like 20 minutes into the episode and then we see her at the very end. She says, "Look, surprise surprise, we went to go see a specialist doctor and Hiram has a neuromuscular disorder." Yeah. And she goes on to talk about like how bad it's going to be and how he's going to lose all his motor skills and everything, and then she's like, "But we caught it early and there's drugs and therapies, so he's probably going to be fine."
1: So I'm not really sure what the point of all this was. They're like, "Well, they think he'll be fine, but we don't know if he'll be fine." So I feel like they're just building in a way to get rid of Hiram if need be.
0: Yeah. And so I like kind of get why Hermione's upset by all of this, but also she tried to kill him like a couple months ago. So I don't really, like, I can't keep up with this family. I think they're all just friends again, whatever. Veronica goes and talks with her dad and she's like, hey, parents, I got into that college and I also changed my name back to Lodge and they're all happy and normal, which probably was the way to go anyway. If you want hiram him off your back, you don't need to be obsessed with him. You don't need to be like in competition with him at all times. Just be like, oh, you're my dad. Okay, that's fine. And that's it which is kind of what she's doing now. Here's the thing. I'm tired of Hiram being the villain. The first season was good because we had a mystery and we didn't know who the villain was. We knew there was a bad guy. The second season, Hiram was the villain. Third season, Hiram was the villain and also there were like three other villains. This season, the part that people are saying is good and reminding them of season one again is that there's a mystery where we don't exactly know who the bad guy is right now with a whole Jughead plotline, And that's kind of the fun part again. We don't need Hiram just being annoying and causing all this ridiculous trouble all the
1: time well and I don't think any of this is Hiram's fault I think it's Veronica's fault for being the worst if she had just done this the whole time just pretended about being in the family was the main thing that mattered to her if she had just done that everything would have been fine like so many dumb effing plot lines would have just not happened
0: Yeah. So that's it for Veronica. And now we have this really weird, short little plot line that is the, let's call it the B characters
1: plot line because they just dumped Tony, Fangs, Kevin, and Cheryl all into one plot line. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not okay with calling this the B characters plot line because (laughs) these characters are not that good. This is at the very best the F characters. Oh, I mean, like normally Cheryl would be up there. But based on the plot line they gave her in this episode, I don't feel comfortable making making her a B character this week. No, it was a really,
0: ugh, it was a bad plot. Line. I don't,
1: yeah I just I don't understand why they had to do the throwback to season two we didn't need this we did nobody asked for this
0: nobody wanted this and it's classic Riverdale of like we have defeated our villain and then they just came back seasons later for no reason we did not need Chick to come back we didn't need Hal to come back multiple times and we don't need Nick St. Clair to come back so starts off Tony sees Kevin give Fang some money and she's like I want to get on, in on that tickling business so I guess well, first she's they like that. are you
1: selling drugs again and he's like no until and he's like, well, what side biz do you have? It looks pretty lucrative. Is also, anything? was Fangs ever selling drugs? I mean, I know Reggie was. Yes, but- because all of the serpents were selling drugs. OK, whatever, I guess. Anyway,
0: <laughs> Nick St. Clair shows up at the Maple Club. I don't know how he knew about this, but this is also just like if Nick St. Clair knew about it, then Hiram definitely knows about it. So this plan was dumb. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know how he knew about it because they made it seem in the previous episode like it was invite only. Do
1: you think he was on the list of rich people and Cheryl didn't know his name? Maybe. Maybe. I I think she would have known his name. I think she. Well, did yeah, know and his Veronica name. would have definitely not called him because yeah, this, of like. Uh, here's the other thing too. Isn't this the guy who Archie broke his legs? Yes. We are, we've already finished this. He broke his Why legs and then he come he came back. he back to Riverdale? This is
0: like his fourth time coming back. He came for the first time when he drugged Cheryl. He came, or then Archie went to New York, broke his legs. Then he came back, pretended to be the Black Hood, kidnapped Archie, and then tried to drug Veronica, but Veronica drugged him and then held him for a million dollars that his p- family uh,
1: eventually paid. Okay, so the only thing I remember about that is Veronica holding him hostage, and I thought it was a different person. No. Was, I don't remember. This is, wow, this is, like, our season two, happening recaps are gonna be lit because I don't remember that at all. This keeps happening. It's
0: really frustrating.
1: Yeah he needs to just not come
0: back. Yeah so also pretty sure the Maple Club is like f- at least 50%
1: Veronica's but she is just completely not in this plotline. Well she was in New York you know because she had to have her interview at Barnard. Do you th- is the Maple Club still like half brothel? Like is I, it all rum? They is made it, it seem some sex work? Like they made it seem like at least Tony was implying
0: that it was half brothel. I don't think it is. I don't know why they still have a uh, bedroom there
1: well i mean that's probably where penelope sleeps <laughs> good point we also didn't also see penelope we didn't in see penelope <laughs> with her mask on so hopefully she didn't run away and take off that uh ankle bracelet i think let's assume she's getting in on the tickling business Let's Ew. not assume that. No. So
0: Nick shows up with some friends and of course, Tony doesn't know him because I, Tony doesn't know him.
1: She wasn't, she wasn't there, there during any of the, was hundreds the South side.
0: Time. Yeah. So anyway, Tony's like, Oh, cool money, whatever. And then Cheryl tells her everything that happened. And she's like, great time to get some revenge, which will be like the fifth time this has happened to Nick. So Tony drugs. yeah, Nick
1: really doesn't learn.
0: Yeah. Also, Tony mentions that she had a similar experience happen
1: to her before she moved to Riverdale. I thought Tony grew up in Riverdale. I'm, I'm pretty sure she definitely did uh, grow up in Riverdale. I was very confused by that as well. This is
0: classic. We don't know anything about these smaller characters' lives. Like, we don't know if she has parents. I've kind of always assumed that she lives with her grandfather, but maybe she moved to Riverdale when something happened to her parents and that's when she moved in with her grandfather. I don't know. Mm. Like, her, her, her grandfather's clearly from Riverdale. He's like an OG. So, anyway. So, Tony drugs Nick and then takes him to a private room. Then Nick wakes up in bed with a bunch of feathers and ropes etc around him and kevin's there who i like him and fangs are i guess pretending that they yeah. banged nick i don't know they're yeah, they, definitely implying it
1: they come out and they're like we yeah we had a crazy night oh Fangs do really hot in this though i gotta say uh, yeah fangs is really hot i don't know if you've ever seen him without a shirt on he's but. definitely on the short list for my new riverdale boyfriend let me tell you yeah he's cute um very attractive man so they're like oh you don't remember don't worry we've got the receipts Tony comes in with her laptop and it's just like all we hear is tickling and giggling and it's extremely uncomfortable and she's like you never come back here again or I'm gonna release this video which I feel like she should have asked for
0: a million dollars yeah probably um she also says like never I don't know assault a woman again she's not going to have any like he's not gonna she's not gonna have any way of knowing if he does that in New York but whatever and then we see a scene where Cheryl and Fangs and Kevin and Tony are all laying in bed watching the video and we see some of it where they Tied Nick up and they're tickling him, and then for the worst line of the episode, where if we were doing cringiest moment for season four, this would be up there. Of Kevin saying, "We in the tickle business call that a first class squealer." Didn't need that. None of that. I'm gonna say
1: it right now. That's the cringiest moment of the series. It's really bad. We in it's the tickle really, business. It's really, is really, really bad to hear. And Kevin has been in the tickle business for five and a half seconds, so I don't think he knows what it first class squealer is and I'm uncomfortable that this happened and I didn't need this or want this and I wish that it, it didn't happen and I didn't have to see it with my own two eyes but we did uh now we can move to Archie <laughs> so Molly Ringwald is away
0: on a case don't know where she's away yeah because remember don't she can't get doing. lawyer
1: work in Riverdale that's why she wanted to move and that's why they got divorced yep so someone named Ted
0: Bishop comes to the construction firm he tells Frank that some named greg has died it's emotional but we don't know who any of these people are so
1: that barely know who frank is yeah it was a really weird moment because it's like you're led to immediately you're like oh okay so it's one of the army guys probably from his like platoon or whatever and whenever someone else from their little army group dies i guess this guy goes around and tells everyone in person that's not how the world works normally you call someone on the phone weird that uh frank would hear about this rando dying in person much faster than you know getting a. call about his own brother. It was extremely odd. Also, it's weird that this guy was able to find Frank. Yeah, obviously Frank has some kind of, I don't know, paper trail. Something. I'm assuming it's like a gambling problem and he just like tracked him through bookies or something. I don't know. True. So
0: then Ted comes back to their house, this guy, for dinner. He tells a story to Archie about how
1: Frank saved his life. In the war, Archie leaves. Things go from zero to a hundred in like two seconds. Well, okay, wait. I thought that Ted stayed the night and they were having breakfast and then Archie was leaving for school. Maybe. Okay. <laughs>
0: like, sure. Know. In the time when he's staying with him. I'm just saying that, that like they, they're having a oh, conversation. Yeah, no. Archie leaves the room and then we know that something bad is about to happen because the camera like pans away from Ted to where you could only <sighs> see Frank, meaning, you know, Ted's about to like come in behind yeah. him.
1: He pulls out a big old knife, which was really scary. Well, there's
0: like a really weird moment where Frank gets a phone call. And there's just like a a person on the other end, a woman who you can't really catch every word, but her name is June and she's like, Ducky was murdered too. Again, we don't know who June is. We don't know who Ducky is. We don't care about any of these people. There's no stakes here. We're assuming
1: that Ducky was also a military dude and uh, that Greg actually was murdered by Ted. That's what I'm assuming. this is the person trying to warn Frank, I guess. It doesn't... The thing with this plot line is that we don't know any of the characters. So we have no reason to care about them. There are no stakes. I don't know Frank Andrews. He can die for all I care. Yeah. I don't we know the Ted like Bishop is. All we've seen from Frank is that he kind of sucks a little bit. I think they just shoved this in because they wanted to make Frank more of like a complex character and add a layer to his plot line of like rootability by having him save Archie in this episode. We also
0: needed a reason for Frank to skip town.
1: I think that it would have been a lot more impactful had Frank stolen a bunch more money from from Andrew's construction and left town and then that's something that will actually have an impact on Archie's life It'd rather be, than it's you know, like
0: realistic
1: and then yeah it, it, I feel like that would more successfully push Archie into recognizing F.P. as his actual like good surrogate father which I feel like this episode is trying to do whereas the way they did it now it's like they're trying to have it both ways and you just you can't have your cake and eat it too and the Riverdale writers need to learn that it's just it's the facts of life definitely this plotline was insane Frank opens up being like, yeah, after I got out of the like force, I was having a hard time. Ted set me up with this job. It was for a private security company, probably tying up loose ends. And then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, we were mercenaries. Yeah, so because Ted attacks Frank with a knife and then Archie hits Ted over the head with the frying
0: pan. And this is when everything's being explained. So as far as I can tell, it's like some sketchy business that recruits ex-military people to become like hitmen for them. And I think they're playing, on the ex-military folks like desire to follow orders or like that mindset of military obedience
1: yeah i think that definitely plays into it i think a big part of it as well is like a lot of times veterans come home and they are not the same as they were when they left and it is probably very difficult at that time to you know fit into a more conventional job or non-military role because you've become so used to one kind of way of life and oftentimes the way you've been changed by your experience doesn't allow you to continue in the military way of life so this is a sketchy company that's like we can give you back the sense of camaraderie and brotherhood that you felt in the military we can give you the structure we can give you all this and we can still provide that to you even though maybe you've been you know discharged for ptsd or something along those lines it seems super predatory
0: yeah so it seems like what happened is at some point frank got out of this job and i'm assuming so did greg and ducky and yet ted stayed on and then the company was worried that all of these people who got out were going to tell someone about it and so they're trying to tie up loose ends why they needed to send ted their friend after them instead of like some other mercenary i don't know but whatever i guess maybe it's like they're much more likely to let ted back into their life so it'll be easier whatever anyway they go recruit fp to help with this whole ted situation because ted ran away so fp says that he was a vet also kind of i don't this this seems like new information to me. I don't know when this happened, but he said he was a, he's a vet and a serpent. Anyway, so they want to have Frank lure Ted to the gym. Ted does come to the gym and he's like, oh, I get paid to follow orders. I And then Frank's like, yeah, you know, they're probably going to like clean you up after this and tie up your loose end. And he's like, yeah, probably, but oh well, this is how I get paid. And then when all of the people come in, who let me just tell you, there is a big ass group of people in leather jackets who come in. And I would just like to say, This does not count as having the serpents being a thing again. We don't know who these people are. They're all adults. And I think that it's a little cheap for you to be like, oh, FP put his jacket back on and now all the serpents exist again. We have not seen these people for seasons.
1: Well, and also like, I don't think they should be helping him when he is acting in his capacity as the sheriff. Like if he's going to be king of crime and king of crime stopping, he has to keep those lives separate. I mean, Emperor Palpatine didn't do that. He pitted his two sides. You know, don't talk to me about things I don't care about. Okay. Sorry. Anyway. I know that's a Star Wars reference, and I don't want to know any more about it, okay? I already know too much about Star it Wars. It was also a Star Wars reference that didn't make any sense. I made oh, an incorrect reference. Know. So just well, ignore
0: ignore what I was saying. It's good anyways. that you don't know anything.
1: <laughs> Uh, because i don't want to okay okay it is a choice that i have made to only have seen episode one okay and i don't want to watch anymore and you know what i think that jar jar was the big bad that they were intending to use for the whole thing you know star wars episode one is the best star
0: wars video game.
1: Good to know. I'm never going to play it. <laughs> Anyways, where were we? Because you really sidetracked me Yeah, they, they arrest Ted and they lock him up, but then he escapes again. It's really not important how all this Yeah, happens. he almost breaks a guy in half is what FP says. Also, there's one more thing that uh, FP said earlier in the episode that I found very confusing and I need to ask for some guidance. Sure. Did we know that FP is a veteran? I, I just said this like two seconds ago. Where were you? I wasn't <laughs> listening. <laughs> I said FP mentions that he was a vet and a
0: serpent, which was news to me because I didn't know that I
1: truly blacked out I'm having that temporary amnesia that Jeff Probst had We've where got you just the don't remember things that happened this podcast is gonna hear me saying that hear you not responding and then asking in a minute later anyway, I got whatever. confused and I don't know why I got confused and I apologize for that and my excuse is that I'm so tired Frank's like hey I'm gonna run away to Canada which is a typical Andrews yeah. man response will he fight a grizzly bear only time will tell
0: Archie tells him to turn himself into the feds, which, I mean, logically might be a, a good example. I kind of feel like that's like, hey, I will admit to being in this crime organization, but it'll allow you to stop this crime organization. Yeah.
1: The like the way that he said it was so funny to her, he's like, hey, my mom's a lawyer. Don't you think it would be easier for you if you just came forward? And like, yeah, he could absolutely be a whistleblower. If he could expose like a whole mercenary organization of hitmen, I feel like he probably could get by with like minimal jail time and by getting so many other people arrested it's probably the right move but frank wants to be a fugitive from justice which is truly the only way i can confirm that he is truly an andrew's man he is trying so hard
0: he really does try so ted escapes jail fp calls archie to let him know and it's hilarious because exactly one second later ted shows up in the bathroom where archie is at school this dude is an amazing hitman i don't know how he got into this school passed all the students and teachers without anyone questioning who this grown man is in this school, and then manages to attack Archie for a long time in this bathroom with nobody hearing, nobody coming in. It's a really big fight. It was the way less fun version of the bathroom fight and She's the Man, (laughs) which I was like half expecting the
1: same things to happen, but then they didn't happen. It was just very violent. I was very upset with how this was done because like they could have really gotten us by having that phone call happen, having it look... Look like oh it's being filmed like he's gonna come up behind Archie oh my god oh my god oh my god and then it's just Kevin coming into the bathroom and then that been funny. there's like some suspense of oh my god where is where is he what's happening rather than Ted just comes and bangs Archie's face into the mirror and beats the crap out of him immediate gratification again, a long time but my favorite part of the fight was when he kicks Archie right in the chest into the classroom and Archie falls to the ground it was like a very aggressive kick and I was okay with that kick. It was a like nice front kick. Let, let me just go over a couple things.
0: He slams Archie's head into the mirror. He picks up Archie's entire body and drops him on a sink so hard that the sink, ceramic sink, somehow shatters. He slams Archie under the ground several times, kicks him, and then Kevin shows up and is just like, whoa, what's going on here? And then
1: he just pushes Kevin into a locker and keeps going with Archie. <laughs> he
0: pushes Kevin into a locker. And I don't like that this is implied that Kevin, who is a bigger dude than Archie and already we know better at wrestling and stuff. Yeah. Somehow goes down with this one kick to the locker whereas Archie has managed to
1: survive like insane bodily harm. Well, and <sighs> one more thing, it doesn't appear at any point that Archie is bleeding or bruised. No. His face is bashed into a mirror. He should be covered and cut, pouring blood from his face. Yeah, I really don't like that they made Kevin seem weak when we know that Kevin is a good fighter. Yeah, it was dumb and instead of like what they could have done which was have Kevin save the day at the
0: end, they just recreate the exact same scene we saw earlier in the kitchen where Archie came up behind the dude with a frying pan and Frank does the same move except like with a trophy or something.
1: I just realized it's kind of great that Archie hit someone in the back of the head with a frying pan when that's what happened to him last season with that girl at that farm. Oh yeah. the Smallville farm. The
0: farm girl. I
1: don't remember When she name. kept making scrambled eggs because that's the only food she knew how to make.
0: Yeah. And that was another shot of like pan away from the girl to where we know that she's going to come up behind him and hit him in the head. Anyway. So they talk with FP and uh, they're like, oh, the feds picked up Ted and Frank is like, awesome. I'm I'm going to turn myself in. And then Frank's gone, which we all saw coming. Uh, he left the tool belt in his Medal of Valor. And then we have Archie talk with FP. And this basically this whole three episode plot line of Frank being here does not matter because we are back to where we were, which is FP is Archie's surrogate father figure. And uh, Archie now realizes for maybe the third or fourth time this season, he should probably just try to be a good guy like his father was. So how many more times do you think Archie's going to need to come to this realization before he learns this lesson?
1: He's never going to learn.
0: No, Betty. So this is a fun episode just because we have like Betty and Alice kind of teaming up and working together, which we haven't seen for geez, I don't know, since they were on the paper together way back in like season two. Might have been even season one. I don't remember. It was a while ago.
1: I don't even know.
0: So if we, if anyone doesn't remember from last episode, Betty has been suspended because Alice is messy and was trying to get her into college and instead messed the whole thing up by trying to get her the answers to the quiz show and then Betty forgot that she was a good like detective and a smart person and just dumped the paper in the trash can in the quiz show office. So Betty has been suspended for a week kicked off the blue and gold and barred from senior prom. Brett has also filed a restraining order against Betty for hitting him in the head with a golf club which like she did do but also he was coming at her with an axe or at her boy with with an axe dressed up in like a scary costume so kind of feel like she could also win this one as self-defense
1: i just thought it was really funny how first of all betty's outfit in the scene is gorgeous with the long sleeve like cable net sweater and then the uh button-up dress super cute she's like brett's afraid of me why and alice is like well apparently you hit him in the back of the head with a golf club and betty's like oh yeah i did do that and that was like i think a very good way to look at riverdale because i feel like every episode were like, oh yeah, they uh, did that. So on the way out, they notice Betty's latest murder board. Those are her words for what they have found.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so they take this murder board home, but I've got to say, I was a little bit sad or a little frustrated with Betty and Jughead because- <sighs> why have they not been doing a better job trying to keep up with this murder? Like they've been distracted by random other stuff for no reason. This should have been their most important plot line this season.
1: And we just kind of dropped it for several episodes. I'm going to tell you right now why they didn't work on it for several episodes. Okay. It's because they needed something for Betty and Alice to do for the two weeks that Betty is suspended. So they decided to give them this murder to solve together.
0: So we come back to the chipping death and they think Brett is a suspect in it. And Betty's like, you know, well, I don't think Donna's telling the truth about the whole like had an affair with Mr. Chipping thing and so they interview Mrs. Chipping who's like oh yeah if you had talked to me several weeks ago you would have gotten a whole lot more information.
1: Yeah and it's also the other thing too where Alice is like well is there a Mrs. Chipping? Like Betty and Jughead didn't even consider like oh does he have a wife to talk to? Yeah it's really annoying. So
0: they talk with her and Miss Chipping's like yeah no he definitely did not have an affair. He never cheated on me. He was super faithful. All he did though was he had a little bit of a drinking problem and he was always complaining about the backstory brother books and wished he had never taken the contract, felt like he had an albatross around his neck. And then she's like, here, I have a box of his personal stuff from when I cleaned out his office. I can't make sense of any of it. So Betty and Alice look through the stuff and they find a bunch of army pamphlets and they're like, what? And Betty makes a really good connection that I would not have made, which was, oh, we should talk to Moose, the guy who like has recently joined the army. I immediately,
1: she said army pamphlets and I was like, Moose. Okay, I like completely forgot about Moose completely. Oh, well, imagine being able to forget about Moose. Sorry, what was? Was Moose's real name? Do we remember? Marmaduke. Marmaduke. Imagine forgetting about Marmaduke.
0: Yes. So Mr. Chipping recruited Moose to play football for Stonewall Prep in the first place, and then he gave Moose the army pamphlets and, like, kind of forced him to leave.
1: Yeah, after everything came out about, you know, his past.
0: Right. And so Moose was like, yeah, I was also kind of okay with leaving because Brett had videotaped me having sex in my dorm with a classmate and threatened to release it. So Betty realizes that he probably also had. As a tape of hers, which we totally knew about because of the really obvious video recording that happened way back on the Halloween episode. Or not Halloween. Was it Halloween? Ice Storm. I don't remember. It was one of these episodes. I think it was the Ice Storm episode. Thanksgiving. Wait, episode. which one? The one where they were at the dorm together and then he showed oh, yeah. up and she hit that him with the golf club. <laughs> that was the ice storm one. So Betty and Alice break into the dorm room. Alice is like, haha, is this normal for you, Elizabeth? And Betty is just so straight faced about all this. I think she just like kinda doesn't care anymore. She got kicked out of school. She's like, does not nothing? matters. And then Brett comes in and finds them. This is just like another unrealistic scene of like Brett and Cheryl are very similar of the way they speak to adults like ooh, just like blatantly threatening them and stuff. You can tell after they leave the room that Brett was kind of nervous that he's like going to get exposed for this taping of people that he's been doing. He denies that he has a tape of them, but then he also like before Betty leaves is like and if I had that tape, I
1: could ruin you with it. <laughs> yeah, something that Brett and Cheryl have in common, obviously, is that they come from from like super 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 wealthy families so I feel like there's that implication that they've been able to get away with things that other people wouldn't and that's maybe why they're uh so disrespectful to adults a lot of the time I also was very surprised at how Alice kind of just like took what he was saying and just gave him a dirty look like I thought that we had old Alice back and old Alice would have never stood for that I also loved how Alice was just horrified when Betty's like do you have a tape of me and Jughead yeah and she's it, like, I think it's <gasps> funny that Betty. it took Alice this long to make this connection. Connection
0: that they had this. I also think Betty and Alice throughout this whole episode are way too, like they're nowhere near worried enough about this tape that they might have on Betty. Like if Betty has any chance of going to college, this tape is gonna ruin it. So I feel like that should be their number one priority. It's like, okay, sorry, we gotta forget about Moose for a second. We need to find this tape of myself. Why were they not recording him saying that he could release this tape and ruin her? Kind of feel like that was almost enough evidence.
1: They maybe were and we just don't know yet. Whatever. So <laughs> Betty and Alice
0: want to sneak into the basement of Stonewall to look for the tapes in the quill and skull secret room which they know about dumb
1: secret society room they have the perfect excuse to do so because Brett will be tied up with a chess match at the time
0: I don't I don't none of this matters I whatever so this chess match is happening and Betty and I will sneak into the basement what do you think of the chess match sneaking around montage instead of the typical fighting and singing montage Uh, worse much worse it was was so weird version of this it's the way this is why they do the Veronica Archie version of this because the Betty Jughead one is lame. So Betty finds a bunch of tapes and she can't find one with her name on it or with Moose's name, but she does find one with Donna and does find one with Jughead. So she takes those among with, I think, some others. But then, and she puts the tape with Donna's name on it like in her bag, whereas Alice is just holding all the other tapes, which was pretty smart because then Brett gets an alert that someone broke into the skull
1: and quill room. Yeah, because he had a silent alarm installed that nobody else knows about about because apparently he is the uh, arbiter of the Skull and Quill Society. Look,
0: we're going to get into a lot more discussion in a hot sec about the Skull and Quill Society, which I have a lot of issues with. But anyway, turns out the tapes were not the ones from the dorm room, but they instead were just the confessions from the initiation. Okay, we're going to circle back to this when we get to the end of the Jughead stuff. So the Jughead plot line is all about this duel, which we heard about at the end of last episode, and I really thought the duel was a thing that Jughead said was in the Quill and Skull yeah handbook but then in this episode they make it seem like it's just like a stonewall tradition
1: and i've got something to say about duels duels are not played in three rounds you don't get to be like okay we're gonna fence and f- fight in a bare knuckle brawl and a chess match no that is not a duel and i'm unhappy that i watched this can someone remind me why we're even having a duel like i don't remember what the issue that happened jughead is mad that brett told betty that jughead pitch the Black Hood story as a Baxter Brothers novel, which apparently we've just completely forgiven and don't talk about it all. Well, in yeah, this because episode. they have the they have the duel, and so once the duel is over, uh,
0: Betty and Jughead are gonna be mad about this again. I don't know. It's like it's like we we just had an entire episode that was all about how Jughead doesn't tell Betty anything, but then she's completely clued into the whole duel situation, and I kind of felt like why would he tell her that? Like, oh, I'm gonna duel Brett because he revealed a secret I was keeping from you. Like, why would she be on his side about this? Whatever i also don't yeah. know what like the stakes in this duel are non-existent it's not like oh the person who loses need to leave school it's all about just like oh you're a man of honor it's, if you win See
1: who is the most honorable and obviously at a stonewall prep the most important currency is honor there no i i don't care for it jughead should have pulled an
0: Archie when he asked to do the bare knuckle brawl and been like you know I fought a guy dressed up like a gargoyle
1: once. I think that what he should have done is been like can we have a second fight on our behalf and I will choose Archie as my tribute because Archie can win any fight. Yeah. I don't know. It was actually you know what I wish had happened? None of this. I wish none of this had happened (laughs) because I'm my life is worse having seen it. So they they pick seconds
0: for moral and tactical support but it's more like their coach I guess. I don't know Brett picks Jonathan. So, like, I guess we know Jonathan's name now. He's one of the other five kids. Yeah, who
1: knows who uh, Jonathan? I don't know him. Like, I could see him walking on the street and I wouldn't know a thing. Like, no. What also really bugs me is that, like, that's not what seconds are for. Seconds are for, like, if you die. You die then your second can fight for you or, like, if you're incapacitated but, like, not dead yet. Your second can fight on your behalf. And somehow Jughead trusts Donna enough, even though Donna literally drugged him that time.
0: (laughs) I don't know why they're friends with it's like.
1: I felt like Donna was super sus this whole time. And then all of a sudden this episode, it was like, okay, Jughead trusts Donna more than anyone to help him against Brett, which, uh, okay, sure, whatever. But like, how does he know that she knows about fencing? None of this makes any sense. We just need Donna to be more of a character. The only fencing scene I need is Rory Gilmore. Oh, I
0: was going to say my favorite fencing scene is in the remake of Parent Trap.
1: Oh, that's another good one. That one can also stay. Yeah, those are good fencing scenes. Those are the only
0: two ones we need. Also, they try to trick us by having a bunch more kids in this class. There's like seven
1: kids plus Jughead and Brett. It's crazy. They're strangers. They're yeah. strangers. They're probably like maybe like younger classes. I don't know but I don't care about them. I don't know them and they can't make me care about them. So Brett wins the fencing three to one. Yeah, and so then they go into the, the brawling and Jughead punches Brett right in the jaw and he literally is unconscious. And he goes, oh, I guess he has a weak jaw. Okay, sure. Whatever, Jughead. As if i believe believe that Jughead could one punch anyone let alone someone so much bigger than him Jughead's thing is that he's scrappy and so like he can handle being beat up but he's not yeah like, he's supposed not a, to be I hit you in one fighter. punch yeah like it's the one punch thing is something I could see them giving to Archie even though Archie sucks. Th- like this didn't fit for me no this is so
0: dumb
1: I don't know why this was Jughead's like thing of yeah. choice they should have like played Scrabble well I mean they're all good at writing right so maybe Brett's good at Scrabble no but then the like headmaster or who Ever this man is that I don't know him. I think this is DuPont, isn't it? No, that's not DuPont. I thought this was DuPont the okay. whole time. Well, maybe it's DuPont. I kind of thought it was, but then I was like, well, but that makes no sense if it's a Stonewall Here's generation. what
0: makes no sense about this whole all thing. All of it. Okay, I, this is my biggest issue and it's throughout this entire thing. All of a sudden, the secret society that Brett and Donna both denied being in a couple episodes ago and that we well know has like five kids in it. All of a sudden the whole school knows about it and they're not even like bothering to keep it a secret everyone knows where the secret room is in the basement brett's like totally fine mentioning oh the secret alarm went off they all just like hang out they're all talking about the squilling call i cannot say it like
1: (laughs) whatever the whole time that is the most annoying part but also the only thing more annoying than that is when this man stands up and goes the duel is tied we will have a tiebreaker of a chess match tomorrow no not today no. I Just the, it's all dumb. And they just have... Just no. Yeah, whatever.
0: Uh, also, everyone starts being mean to Jughead and they nail a dead snake to his wall, which I think is really dumb because I'm like, dude, Brett also lives in this room. Like, he's also gonna have to smell yeah, the dead it's, snake.
1: It's just a, a dead snake for both of them to enjoy. But it's because everyone is on Brett's side because he is, and I quote, a stony <laughs> through and through. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, what? Like, all I can think of is if they were doing <laughs> (laughs) like the like the hogwarts song where it's like hogwarts hogwarts hoggy warty hogwarts or whatever i think it's like stonewall stonewall stony stony (laughs) stonewall is all i can think of Uh, yep it's bad whether we we
0: brett or donna or in secret societies I'm gonna f-
1: forget that happened. For also, it made me think of Harry Potter
0: because they're like, "Oh, I'm Dumbledore's man through and through," I and mean, he's a Stony man. Yeah, that is that is a good call. Anyway,
1: and Donna's also like, "Hey,
0: Jughead, I'm still your friend." Which no, yeah, like, you're not. No, you're Stop. not, Donna.
1: We don't like you. Go away. And then at the start of the chess match, the last part of the duel, Brett's like, "I think we should add more stakes to this." I think you have to do that at the start of a duel, not at the tiebreaker. Also, no. He's like, "If I win." you're gonna give
0: up this contract and stuff and Jughead's like dude no this is about honor like I'm not gonna just give you something fun if you happen to win this like what the Jughead has no incentive to do this why
1: in the world would he agree to that yeah I also really liked when Jughead's like you know why I won't do that because you're a bad writer Brett as if that's like the meanest thing you could say to someone <laughs> yeah
0: and so Jughead is like if I win this chess match I'm gonna show that I'm a better writer a better competitor and a better man
1: actually I think it'll show that Jughead's
0: better puncher and a better chess player
1: and that he is a better boy because they are children (laughs) the
0: best boy in stonewall high oh my god anyway they finish the match in the basement after they have to go down and break up the whole alice betty situation i don't know why they had to move down there also alice and betty after getting like caught are just still there also the whole premise that brett has of like you need to give me these tapes back because they're my personal property it turns out that they're not confession or that they're not sex tapes but if they were sex tapes I don't think that he wins by having personal property I don't think that's how it works and
1: I have to think of how to say this quite right if the items are in the skull the quill and skull society room and they're private property I think they're private property of the quill and skull society who of which Brett is not the sole member yeah
0: like they're it's not his property right right yeah there's a lot of this also it we got real darn close to Betty finding out Jack head's confession also
1: mm, i mean i wouldn't be surprised if she has his tape too yeah we'll get to that anyway jughead just like lets brett win i don't really know yeah he loses on purpose like he goes to make a move and brett literally goes no don't do that that puts you in checkmate and it's like well so wait now brett wants jughead to win again like i think brett i, I think the real truth is like brett doesn't have any friends brett doesn't and have any friends but friend. he kind of likes jughead and he kind of thinks that him and jughead are friends
0: and he kind of thinks this is just like what what boys do you know they yeah, fight they have duels. like, boys like, will
1: be boys. We duel by playing he's chess. He's like his only
0: real friend. And I think that's why in all the flash forwards, he's like really mad at Betty for killing him because like he killed his one friend, you know? Uh,
1: yeah, I don't know. Or maybe it's like Tom Palmer said and in, he's interested in Betty. I don't know. <laughs> it's um, one of those things. Anyway. But yeah, so- it's really dumb and bad. And then
0: so they go back home and Betty's like they're also both way too casual about the whole thing where he might have a sex tape. Jughead's just like, man, if I find out he has a sex Tape, i'm gonna hurt him it's like again bros will be bros it, th- you guys are not taking this seriously yeah Jughead, that's, that's, that's how you don't go to jail they
1: they film their friends having sex and then lie about it that's just what boys do okay we yeah. just could never understand because we're not boys So Betty did
0: sneak out Donna's tape, though, and it's a video of Donna talking about how she was having an affair. It's the exact same story that she told Betty when she said that she was having an affair with Mr. Chipping, except that she uses the name Mr. Cotter, who Betty says she looked up and wasn't anyone. And she says this is a rehearsed speech and Donna has given at least twice. Um, So here's the thing. We have two kind of options. Either Donna's in a league of her own and is actually running things and is actually real sus way above Brett or Brett's in on it, too, and the two. Of them rehearsed these speeches like a hundred percent. Well, I was gonna say a hundred percent. Donna's other confession that we saw in the like secret circle was also fake, but I kind of always thought that her and Brett both gave fake stories there. Except she did have marks all over her arms, like she cut herself, so kind of don't. I mean, like that part must have
1: at least been true.
0: I think maybe Brett's just kind of an idiot and like is playing along and actually is giving up his secrets and stuff. And yeah, Donna's faking things. But
1: after Brett was so horrified at Jughead throwing the chess game, I am a little bit convinced that he. He's just just seeking approval. He's just a douchebag who wants friends. Actually, I prefer Forsyth. That's who he is. I don't know why Donna would have killed Chipping, but I don't know. I
0: like I honestly I can't even remember what Chipping did. Like why he jumped out the window. He was like, "Sorry, Jughead, I can't help you." I don't remember what he was trying to help Jughead with. Jughead
1: was asking about if like his grandpa writing the first Baxter Brothers novel and like the suspicion that maybe the original author had stolen it and blah, blah, blah. And then Chipping just like literally dove headfirst through a window in the least believable suicide attempt I've ever seen. So
0: I think clearly, I don't know what Donna's involvement is, but she clearly has some. I still think the whole Baxter Brothers thing, I'm not even convinced that the guy that we saw as Jughead's grandfather was Jughead's grandfather. Like that might've just been a guy that DuPont got to pretend to be he was Jughead's grandfather to like convince Jughead to take the contract and that everything's fine. Or it's really true. And he really did just like sell his first book for five thousand dollars we don't no, know i think
1: it was his real grandpa but i think that the story that he told was not 100 accurate and he was uh coerced or bullied into uh skipping the story that he said
0: i guess we just don't know where donna's connection with the whole thing is but there's definitely still yeah, something like here what with are the Baxter this Brothers
1: books. stakes i just don't understand what the stakes are maybe she's
0: related to dupont and she's working with him i like, i don't know we don't know anything anyway the title of this episode was men of honor which was a 2000 american drama film about the story of Carl Brashear, I don't know, something. The first African-American U.S. Navy diver and the man who trained
1: him. So,
0: don't think this really has anything to do with this episode at all.
1: Yeah, no. It, mm, like, the only thing that's even remotely relevant is, like, there was a few army references because of Frank and Todd There were some army whatever.
0: references and then honor references
1: with Jughead. Yeah, that's like, it. it. it's not that relevant.
0: We had a close but no cigar of Lacey's, which I think has come up before, but I'm not sure if yeah, we've I, mentioned it on the podcast.
1: It has definitely come up before and uh, I'm always happy to bring up Lacey's. I feel like there was another one that I noticed but I don't remember now because I didn't write it down.
0: There were a bunch of brand names but most of them I looked up and were real so I'm not sure. Not sure on that one. Um, Who do you think was the most normal person of the week? Also, What Up Tim called us out for watching The Bachelor or at least for me for watching The Bachelor and said that I was not being normal by not watching Riverdale. I disagree. I think watching The Bachelor was way more normal than watching he Riverdale said Life.
1: <laughs> we should be watching Riverdale to podcast for him. Tim, you're not our only listener. This isn't for you. How you? It's dare also for you? Tom
0: Palmer. Come on.
1: Like, yeah. Tom Palmer's right there and PsyCalc. Come on.
0: Yeah. Anyway. We have at least three listeners. I don't think we ever have watched this show. I've never watched Riverdale Live because it's normally either Survivor's on or I am busy.
1: Um.
0: And you can't watch it until the next day. So Yeah.
1: Like, I used to have a cable plan where I could watch the CW, but I'm with a different provider now that doesn't offer me that option um so i think there's been times when i watched it like live with the west coast gotcha but i don't think i've ever watched it like live airing with the east coast and if i ever do i'm gonna i would like someone to punch me in the jaw like jughead punched brett if i'm ever watching riverdale live with (laughs) the east coast because that proves that i've gone very wrong somewhere in my life okay anyway okay so most normal person this one is a big 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 challenge i'm just gonna tell you
0: right now i'm disqualifying katie Kane. you're not allowed to give it to her.
1: Damn it. I thought you'd be okay <laughs> with that because you always want it to be just random background characters. Crap. Normally, yes, but
0: I don't think that she counts as a Riverdale character, so I don't want to give it to her.
1: Wow. So, okay. Um. Okay, let's just go through the list and see who was not. Was Reggie in the episode?
0: No, I don't believe okay. so. Okay, um, it's not. I mean, is it Archie?
1: No, it is not Archie because it is not normal to get your face bashed into a mirror and not bleed, and that disqualifies him as far as I'm concerned.
0: Okay, so it's not Archie. It's not any of the people at Archie's plot.
1: No, it's none of them.
0: Maybe um, Kevin, because Kevin just walked into the room and was like, what the heck is going on in here?
1: No, Kevin was in the whole tickling plot oh, and he it, said in right. the tickling biz or whatever. You're um, right. We can't. That, like, you can, I, I have refused to reward that. I would ref. I rewarded Kevin last week. Yeah, I was going to say, you did reward him last week for the tickling biz. I cannot reward what he said in this episode. <laughs> it's not Tony. No. It's not Fangs. It's not. Not Alice. It's not Betty. It's not Jughead. Um, you know Donna was pretty normal. I'm. I mean, we don't know what her deal is. At least really. she acted like a normal human, at least. Yeah, but like nothing about that dual plot was normal, and I don't want to reward that either.
0: Okay, Veronica was relatively normal, except for claiming that she owns New York.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I guess that is the kind of over dramatic thing a rich girl would say. I could also see giving it to Hermione, who like Hermione had a really small. who was in plot. the show for 30 seconds. Okay. I, I mean, if we can't give it to Katie Keene, though, I feel like we could give it to Veronica. I think I think it's gotta be Veronica. Who I mean, else? it's just not anyone else. Like, who Who could it be? Nothing about this okay, episode was normal. The only other
0: person, even though they were not seen in this episode, Principal Honey is being completely normal by kicking Betty out of school for all of yeah, this
1: stuff. I considered um, bringing forward Principal Honey, but... He did win two weeks ago, though. I just didn't feel right about it. I don't know. I Like, I know that his actions were like more or less normal but it didn't feel like most normal i think we gotta go with veronica all
0: right this might be a first for veronica actually
1: using her her mommy's credit card she's shopping in new york she's feeling back to herself again which means she's probably gonna uh start bullying people again
0: on our handy-dandy list of most normal characters that you can find on KowskiCast.com Riverdale. Recap. Let's see. We have... Do we have any Veronica? I, do- I don't... I don't Um, think so. Season 3, episode 17.
1: What episode was
0: that? Let's find out. Season 3, episode 17, The Raid. Mary and Kirsten are back from their not very brief hiatus with episode 17 of the Riverdale 3 season recap. Betty searches for answers in the farm and finally starts to use some somewhat covert strategies. The cursed shirt of Harry Potter makes an appearance. Mad Dog isn't dead and Kirsten and Mary give out possibly the most unexpected award for most normal person ever. Who
1: goes to Veronica apparently. Okay. None of that recap that I just gave you there? Told me what was in the episode? <laughs> yeah, I got nothing from that. Uh, I, I don't remember that episode. And guess what? I'm never going to go back and watch it again. So for anyone I- who's
0: not taking the time to read my summaries, my descriptions of the episodes, that's a little taste of the type of thing they're like, because they're definitely not anything that has to do with the episode. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't tell you what that episode was about. I have no idea. The raid. I mean, who raids? What is being raided? Do they raid the um, the raid? Is the, is the school being raided? is that the one
1: um where everyone i'm gonna let me give me just one second it was seven episode 17 yeah oh that's when betty gets cheryl to join the farm to get information and then she actually joins the farm okay it's uh yeah oh it's when veronica's trying to keep her parents married Uh-uh. interesting oh how times
0: have changed <sighs> veronica's an enigma
1: veronica uh she's she's something so yeah I, I guess she's an enigma cool well that's her second ever most normal person and i uh i guess she'll maybe she'll get one next season maybe
0: well that's all for this week's episode thank you for joining us we'll be back next week for a recap of episode 13 we
1: also mm-hmm. have plans to potentially be back before next week to do there, a- there could be a super special episode and i'd say keep your uh, ears peeled keep your ears peeled. ears peeled for a super keep your eels peeled.
0: <laughs> Sorry, keep your eels peeled for a super <laughs> special episode with a special guest star that may or may not be happening. I really hope it is. If it's not going to be this week, hopefully it'll be. I, it'll happen eventually. It
1: will happen, and I believe that it will happen.
0: Awesome. Um, you can follow me online at Frail Mary on every platform, and you can follow Kirsten at Kirsten said what on every platform. You can also check out the Survivor All Stars podcast that I've been releasing on KalskiCast.com. You can check out Kowski Cast on Spotify if you're interested in that sort of thing. And you can check out our newly minted only Riverdale feed at kaskicast.com Riverdale.
1: And please throw that new Cows that new Riverdale feed a subscription, throw it a five-star review, get your friends to subscribe. Because with it being a new podcast, I don't think it would actually take that many reviews and subscriptions to push it possibly into a chart somewhere since it's, brand new so uh just just if you could like try that for us that would be really great and if you write a five-star review uh we will read it on the podcast and if you put you put a bunch of ship names in it I'll read them I'll read them for you if you give us five stars yeah and it
0: in for anyone who's wondering exactly how to find this it's just kowski cast
1: riverdale recap
0: yeah if you search on itunes and you search in the store for riverdale recap and you go to see all you will see the kowski cast feed and then you will see the riverdale recap one with the adorable little cow drawings of archie veronica and betty drinking a milkshake so if you could click on that one and <laughs> it's robin and Kevin need a podcast it's at least beating that one so there's that um but if you click on that and new Riverdale recap and if you could give it a rating or review or a subscription that would be super super helpful for us we're just trying to make this podcast a little bit more noticeable in the Riverdale feed but we really appreciate everyone who has given the same love to the Kowski cast feed and if you leave reviews or ratings on the Kowski cast one as well we will still read those in the podcast and there will be more stuff coming on that yeah, feed but
1: I'm only reading ship names if they're on the Riverdale feed okay fair enough so get to that uh in Anything else you want to add, Kirsten? Just uh, follow me on Twitch, please. I've been getting back into regular streaming. We're having a lot of fun with The Sims. And uh, the K-Babe crew is super supportive. And please come support me So you're K-Babes now? You're not Kirstans? Well, my, I mean, my fans, I think, are still stands but my Twitch subscribers are the K-Babes. They're the K-Babe crew. Okay. Well, the Frail Army is going to come after you. Wow. Uh, I was thinking we could have like a mutually beneficial thing. We could host <laughs> each other on our Twitch streams, uh, but not if the Frail Army is coming for me. But I think the K-Babe crew is like, the reason why it came up as K-Babes is because I, for whatever reason recently, have been going baby a lot. Like, we're playing The Sims, baby. It's baby Yoda, baby. Like, just saying baby a lot in a really annoying way. And I I don't know why. And uh, it just became part of the culture of the stream. And they uh, chose that name for themselves.
0: That was really big when I was in college. But not to say baby, but say like bb Oh, I still do that all the time.
1: BB. I'm like, I got you, BB.
0: Love you. Yeah, that was really big. Anyway. All right. Talk to you guys next time. Um,
1: Bye.